This Facts and O'Brien podcast is brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Where it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 533 and Meatloaf on Rock 102. Well, there is uh, no rain in the forecast for today, although there was yesterday and it barely rained at all. Today, early sun and then cloudy with a high at 83. But then tomorrow, we get what we're going to get of Ida. Uh, cloudy with rain, heavy at times. There's a flood warning out there as well with a high of only 73. It's uh, 68 in downtown Springfield. Later on this morning, we're going to talk to Dr. Mark Kenton from Mercy Medical Center. Uh, he is of the belief that vaccinations are probably important. Yes, yes. This will be a groundbreaking interview. Well, I mean, it's good to actually talk to the guy. There's a lot going on in the hospitals these days, and he'll be ready and willing to talk about it. What, are they busy or something? A little bit. Oh, a little, well. bit, uh, a little bit of a weight, mm. you could say. And we can also uh, talk, uh, as we did yesterday, about the, the flu vaccine, the shingles vaccine. He's a vaccination doctor, I guess. Also, uh, Kathleen Madigan is coming to Foxwoods on September, uh, September 10th. We'll be talking to her later on this morning, around uh, 845, 850 or so. This is a busy day. You're damn right it is. It's 534 on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 549. And Steely Dan, Rock 102. Today will be okay. Cloudy, but dry. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, our portion of Ida will arrive. And uh, Thursday, wash out. We need the rain. No. Yeah, we, we get the red no, flag warnings out yeah, there. No. Worry about forest fires. Nah, nothing. Nothing like that. We're all set with the rain, but we are going to get a bunch of it. But the good thing is, unlike New Orleans, our power probably won't be out for weeks or longer. Hey, what do you say we hop right into some Hollywood trash? Well, I hate the uh, hate to start this feature with a bummer of a story, but uh, I'm going to do it anyway. Sharon Stone announced the passing of her 11-month-old nephew and godson from organ failure. He died a, a week short of his first birthday. Mm. Sharon was in Italy over the weekend doing a photo shoot when she got the news. That sucks. That's horrible. It is. But uh, yesterday it was Ed Asner. Yes, and he was on the he opposite spectrum. 91 years old. 91 years old. Yeah. Uh, ben Affleck stars in an ad for the new sports betting app, WinBet. You know, like Win Casino. Like W-Y-N-N? Yeah. Ah. And it includes a cameo from another notorious gambler by the name of Lupe Rodriguez. Do you know who that is? No, I don't know who that is. It's J-Lo's mom. Oh, yeah? She's a big gambler? Apparently, she's a, she's a very famous gambler. Wow. I have no idea. Like a famous player or a famous loser? Famous player. Mm. But I'm not sure about uh, if she wins a lot or not. Right. I mean, she's got to have some kind of credibility if she's, you know. Not really. No. No. Actually, you could lose a lot of credibility. Look what happened to uh, Gladys Knight, for example. Yeah. She lost a lot of credibility when you found out what kind of gambling problem she had. Pips wouldn't even talk to her. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pips wrote her off. Did she gamble away that ticket on the midnight train to Georgia? She That's did. how she ended up with the midnight train to Georgia. She had a much better time uh, time train I, during the day. I scalped my ticket yeah, so I could go gambling. Yeah. And I'm walking to Georgia. Mm-hmm. 
Seth Rogen is doing a new podcast called Storytime with Seth Rogen, where he'll ask guests to tell them any, quote, incredible stories they think are entertaining or formative. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. The first episode drops on October 6th. So he's leaving it up to other people to fill up his time. Yeah. You mean like a talk show would normally do? Yes. Where you interview somebody and then they tell you a story about something? Yeah, but you're talking about like random people. Have you ever talked to random people? I try not to. And heard their stories? Oh, but, my God. Well, that's so... what I, Is it random people? Did you hear uh, more about that? Because that's what I was trying to figure out. Was it... Uh, is it random people or is it other Hollywood stars? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. If it's other Hollywood stars, this is just like any other talk show right. that you would have. Right. right. But if it's random folks, I don't know. I mean, yeah, how many celebrities does Seth Rogen really hang out with? Uh, more than he should. Probably. Yeah. I I, didn't, I never found him, like, super talented or anything. He's a, he's a stoner. He's constantly, I read the, an article, he's... He's stoned from the time he wakes up in the morning till he goes to bed at night. That's crazy. Yeah, and he and he's fully functional and and very successful. Yeah, but how much more functional could he be, and how much more successful could he be? Maybe not if he wasn't high all day. Well, that's, he's reasonably successful. You know, he's not like uh, Jeff Bezos no, successful. No, he's you know, way better than us. Elon Musk type of successful. He's definitely way, everybody's way better than yeah, us. That's Again, true. you're now yeah. you're setting the bar too low. Uh, Sarah Paulson wore a fat suit to play Linda Tripp in Impeachment, American Crime Story, which makes sense because Sarah's very thin and Linda was not. Yeah, but how, how is it that you hear about actors who actually, males, who actually gain weight for a role or, or lose weight for a role as opposed to just simply saying, yeah, put them, uh, put them in a fat suit? Because you can't really put somebody in a thin suit. No, That's but the, why would they not just have Sarah Paulson put on 20 or 30 pounds? Well, there's there's that, but maybe Sarah Paulson doesn't want to put on the 30 pounds. And well, a fat suit's so much more, so much easier to do. Uh, once trailers for the series started airing, people started criticizing Sarah for doing so for two reasons. One, she allegedly stole the part from a larger actress. There and, you go, right there. And two, she contributed to the stigma against overweight people. Well, I don't know about that. And now Sarah says she regrets wearing that fat suit and probably will never do it again. And while she says the conversations people are now, are having now are legitimate, she adds, quote, I do think to imagine that the only thing any actor called upon to play this part would have to offer is their physical self oh my God. is a real reduction of the offering the actor has oh to make. Oh, my God. What a blah, blah, blah. Well, she's a lady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, you, know, you know they can be. They can dip it. I don't know about the fat life. shaming. If you're playing the role of an actual person, then appearing to be as that actual person was, you know, Linda Tripp is dead now, but uh, how, how she was in life, then, you know, you try to take on the physical attributes. And, and, and that's what I was asking before about, you know, so supposedly there was a larger actress and Sarah Paulson beat her out of it. Well, Sarah Paulson may be a better actress, but does she fill the part better? Apparently, just, that's why she got picked. Or does she just fill the fat suit better? Well, she got picked over the heavier woman, so I'd say she fills the part. I actually can't wait to see it. I'm looking forward to watching this. It'll be interesting. She it, she doesn't really, I mean, obviously the, uh, the makeup is going to count a lot, but I just, I don't know how she's going to whether or not she's going to have the linda trip affect i'm sure she will i'm sure she's been studying it for a while 
Well, she did uh, what's her name pretty well. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. The lawyer from the OJ trial, uh, Marsha Clark. 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 Marsha Clark. Yeah, she did a very good job. With yes, that. but she very much resembles Marsha Clark as well. Linda Tripp. Mm, is not. she? Is Sarah Paulson just like tied to all of these uh, American crime story? Yeah, things? yeah. yeah she's, I mean, it's, it's it's kind of like a recurring cast anyway. Yep. Oh, is it always the same people? Mostly Many the same people. people. Is David yeah. Schwimmer going to be in this one? I hope not. Ugh. I would love to know. If that- if that's the case. Well, why don't you spend the, the rest of the afternoon looking it up? That is a horror story. Corn uh, resumed shows Friday after Jonathan Davis's battle with COVID-19. He's clearly still feeling the after effects because he had to use an oxygen mask between songs and sit on a throne the majority of the show. Quote, I'm feeling very weak, but I effing refuse to effing cancel. Show must go on. That's the truth. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to cancel uh, maybe a couple of weeks worth of shows so I could just get myself back so I could do a real good show. Yeah, I'd much rather no. do a half-ass show and get paid for it. Yeah. So it's also corn season. Yeah. Thanks for letting me take all your money. Actually, it's a little bit past corn season now. No, 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 no. I went by some fields yesterday. They were barely a foot high. Yeah, that's probably just the feed corn. I don't know, man. For animals. I think uh, this has been a bad year because of all this damn rain we've mm. been having. I saw somebody's tomatoes the other day. They were still like little tiny little green things. The tomato soup I'm out glad, in the field. I'm glad we turned Hollywood trash into agricultural uh, reports. <laughs> agricultural. Yeah. agricultural. <laughs> and that's your farm news. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's your that's your cultivator uh, <laughs> collaborator on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm Steve Tebow, beer buyer. And I'm Michael Brunel, Wine and Lean Egg, and Traeger Woodfire Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As many of you know, there are a handful of things in life that are absolute certainties. There's death, taxes, slow service at friendlies, and of course, there's the inevitability that at some point in your day, you're going to have to use the bathroom. For a guy like me, I can use the bathroom up to several times in a single day. But when it comes to participating in life's many obligations, I always tend to go right before I leave as my final act of preparation. This, of course, is a reasonable practice, except when you're playing tennis at the U.S. Open. Yesterday, during a first-round loss against Stefanos Tsitsipas, Andy Murray of Scotland became incensed when Tsitsipas uh, may have gained an unfair advantage by taking a lengthy bathroom break after the fourth set of a match that would eventually take four hours and 49 minutes to complete. Now, I don't know about you, But if I'm in the middle of any sort of rigorous activity that's about to take nearly five hours, this old man is going to take a trip to the can. However, in the U.S. Open, when you're in the middle of a hotly contested tennis match, one must wonder what a guy was doing in the bathroom. It took eight minutes. Of course, I have my suspicions, but I can't go to the bathroom without thumbing through some magazines or looking through Facebook or playing a few rounds of Candy Crush as I do my foul business. According to Murray, an eight-minute bathroom break gives the guy a chance to cool down, regenerate, and re-energize himself before completing the rest of the match. Maybe in your world, fella, but in my house there are times when I just need to lie down after something like that. Yes, eight minutes seems like a long time when you're in the middle of doing other things, but when you're in the throes of everyday bathroom activity, it's very easy to lose track of the time. Of course, Sissapos did wind up winning the match over Andy Murray, but... Can you really say he won because of a trip to the toilet? Or were you just not up to the task of beating a guy who really had to go? Because that's the question I'd be asking myself this morning.
But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Not a lot of things last for 95 years, but the things that you do, you can probably count them on one hand. First of one is going to be Rocky's Ace Hardware. Opened up 95 years ago in Springfield, South End. Now more than 30 Rocky stores around the area. Still run by the same Springfield family that opened the first Rockies in 1926. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm Bax, that's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 609 in Van Halen on Rock 102. That is not the version of that song that uh, the Van Halen Tribute Band did the other night at uh, the Knights of Columbus. There was another version? Yeah, they did the uh, the crisscross version. It was actually very cool. Really? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that has anything to do with that song. It's like they're two Wait, totally different songs. To- they both have the same exact title. But that's it. They're well, different songs. Nevertheless, they said... Who wants to hear Jump? And the crowd went wild, and uh, that's what they played. Oh, that's hilarious. What's that's that? A- what's that song though? Where like uh, they used to do it at Patriots games, where everybody's jumping and they're just yelling, "Jump, jump, jump." Is that the Chris Cross song? Uh, yeah, I believe it is. Yes. Ah. yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what they did. Hmm. Kind of weird. How about that? Hey, uh, by the way, uh, tomorrow afternoon, uh, Hurricane Ida will arrive for us. And pretty much uh, take all of Thursday out. And uh, there are flash flood warnings or uh, flood warnings uh, in effect for Thursday. So starting tomorrow afternoon is going to get crappy and it's going to stay that way at least till probably Friday. Do I uh, strike you as the kind of person who takes the time to appreciate nature and the things that God gives us? No. Actually, you don't take the time to notice anything but yourself. Uh Uh-huh. Well, here's an interesting proof that you are wrong again, Longshanks. Um, So, two nights ago, uh, I'm sitting out uh, on the deck around around sunset, which is now like 7.30. Every year in my neighborhood, and by my neighborhood, I mean within a two-block area, every year it seems as though the birds choose a particular spot at sundown to congregate uh, for the evening and then to uh, make a great deal of noise. And um, they pick a, they've they picked a new spot this year. I, I was out uh, two nights ago, and I heard the noise. Mm-hmm. Last night, I was out paying a little bit more attention a little bit earlier. And it was amazing to watch all of these birds come from all angles into this area. And I mean, it was almost like there were scout birds that came out from that area. And then uh, 10 seconds later, hundreds of others are coming in from like wherever that scout, like that scout went out and said, hey, you guys should come over here. It's a great time. And then hundreds more would arrive and they would keep coming in groups of like a hundred. It, it was, it was an amazing thing to watch. Was the uh, invitation being tweeted? <laughs> <laughs> yes. In fact, that's yeah. part of the enjoyment of this. So um, uh, what they, kind of birds are we talking about? I don't know. Like, like, like a specific kind of bird? Yeah, or? I'm sure it was, but I, but I don't <laughs> know what they were. But the amount of noise that they made was, was I wanted to go walk out closer to, to the area uh, because I was sure that being right there, it would be deafening. Um, 
And then the weird thing was, like that, they all stopped. It wasn't. It wasn't a slow fade out. It wasn't like uh, you know everybody's going shh shh shh, shh. and then in groups and areas they're quieting down. It was in one motion, really, that they just stopped. Now, I, I, I obviously uh, not without pictures or video. It's hard to fully get a total grasp on what you're talking about. Well, but, I got the picture right here in my head. Yes, but that's not. I can't see inside of your head. I mean, I I probably could with enough. Uh, with enough surgical gear, but I, mm. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do that. Was this, uh, was there like a leader? I mean, was was there was this know. all about, uh, you know, uh, like the the king bird talking about timeshares, or, know. Uh, you know, stock options, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. You know, it the, seemed the kind of thing that gets everybody's attention all yeah. at once. No, it seemed to be, it seemed to be groups, large groups, because every once in a while you would see like a couple hundred of them come up out of the trees and relocate to another area still within that general area. It was right. like, you know, eh, we don't like this neighborhood. Well, look at that. Uh, the, the, those, the, oh, God, the, look at the whole neighborhood is full of those white birds. Let's get the hell out of here. And they would, uh, you know, get up and move to another neighborhood. And then uh, it was just, it was when they quieted down the first time about a, 20 minutes later, it started up again. All the noise, and you could hear the noise build to a, a crescendo, if you will. And then, again, boom, everybody just stops all at the same time. Not so unlike the uh, the song White Bird by It's a Beautiful Day. Oh, yes, only this was enjoyable. What are you talking about? This is a beautiful mm. song. Or Blackbird by the Beatles. I can only play one song at a time. Well, if it had to be that, it shouldn't be this one. But, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, it was it was amazing. It was fascinating. You know, I uh, a couple of years ago, when I was getting a colonoscopy, and I was getting it at Mercy. Uh, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God damn, right. that's a beautiful song. Not really. Uh, we were in the parking lot, and you know, uh, you're going into into Mercy. Uh, you've done a whole evening of prep. You've had a liquid diet for the last uh, you know, 24 hours. Yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm on my. I want to get into the building, but I couldn't help but hear. The hundreds and hundreds of blackbirds in the trees by the parking lot, mm-hmm. and they were just—they were causing a ruckus. And then they were flying around in swarms, and it's like it's so organized. Just like, well, who's leading all this? I'm distracted by that horrible song. Turn that off. No, that's turning it up. Actually, pretend it's uh, my music. There you go. So, uh, this, do you think, do you think it was about your colonoscopy? I don't know. I mean, it seems dubious that, uh, you know, all of a sudden I'm clean as a whistle Mm -hmm. and all these birds are now appearing, not, I don't want to say following me, but they made, uh, they started making the noise as soon as I uh, got out of the car and then, uh, they got louder as I was getting closer to the door. It's like weird. It was like they were warning you. It was totally bizarre. I did take a video of it. I'd have to. I mean, it'd take me hours to find it now. But it, but but nevertheless, you know, sometimes birds have like a whole mindset of their own. Yeah. I I, yeah. I don't uh, I don't quite get it. You know, I'm like, planning to be out there tonight. I might take video. I know people at this point right now on the edge of their seats, wanting to 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 experience this along with me. Um, no, most so. most people are saying, hey. Play It's a Beautiful Day. Yeah, no. No, that's not what they're saying at all. Um, so, let's see. 
Aside from that, on a completely different subject, remember the other day I was telling you uh, about how, you know, we've left all of this uh, military equipment behind in Afghanistan? Yeah. And now much of it, unfortunately, is in the hands of the Taliban because the Afghan army basically said, uh, you know, we're out of here. Um, But didn't you say we took the keys? We did. In some cases, we took the keys. In others, they'd already uh, made a copy. We left uh, usable aircraft, including uh, 33 Blackhawks, three C-130s, 23 A-19 light attack planes, 33 AC-208 planes, 43 other kinds of helicopter. I'm sorry, make that 43 kinds of one helicopter and 32 kinds of another helicopter for a total of 211 aircraft and 45 Blackhawk choppers. Well, you're not getting very far without them keys. So they were showing this video the other day of a Blackhawk on the tarmac being driven around by Taliban guys just on the ground. It never, it never left the ground. don't know whether they didn't have the ability to fly it, but um, they were taxiing it around. It turns out, this morning I saw this, um, ta- the Taliban, by some estimates, has more Black Hawk helicopters now than 85% of the world. And they clearly have learned how to fly them because there is a video online that appears to show a male body hanging from a Black Hawk helicopter. Hmm. Not like a SWAT member would repel or a special forces uh, soldier would repel or, or whatever that word is when they come down from a helicopter on a rope, this individual, first of all, appeared to be lifeless and the, the, the rope was not being held onto. It was tied around them. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah. So yeah. that's what they're doing. See, this is what happens when you leave things behind and people use them for other reasons than they were meant. Well, yeah, we you you should be picking up after yourself. That's you, that's that's first and foremost. Second, yeah. Secondly, uh, don't you think? Uh, you know, we're the most uh, technologically advanced society in the world, or among them. Uh, I was maybe say, uh, maybe, are we? Well, I mean, I I I'd put us at least in the top fifteen. Wouldn't you think? With uh, with all the technology we have through cell phones or OnStar or you know, whatever it might be, that you could disable a, uh, a piece of equipment just by clicking a few buttons on an app? You mean once we realized that the Afghan army had fallen apart and now the Taliban has possession of these things, we could disable them? Yes, like yeah. make them completely useless. Yeah. And, and instead of, rather than you know giving them all this technology, what we've given them is about 150,000 pieces worth of metal junk. Well, you know, I mean, unfortunately, this was not the intention when we left this stuff behind. It well, was we supposed were... to be for the Afghan military. Well, we spent 20 years getting ready to leave in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and and if you remember also, uh, when they went and got Osama bin Laden, one of the Blackhawks uh, crashed inside that compound in uh, Abbottabad, I think was the name of the town, and um, and the soldiers, the special forces soldiers, they destroyed it because they did not want to leave even a disabled helicopter behind uh, in Pakistan 
for the Pakistanis to maybe reverse engineer mm. and figure out how to make one of their own. So, yeah, they, they blew it up themselves. That's pretty wild. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, but these ones that we left for the Afghans now are... <sighs> You know, it's like uh, it's like uh, imagining a parking lot at Target, where all of a sudden you find out every car in the lot has the key in it. Yeah, that's. Uh, I would like to think we took our keys or, yeah. or the fob. I don't yeah. know, are these fob-driven vehicles? I don't know. I'm not sure, but uh, apparently they made key. There's a virtual key storage system at, at Home Depot now, so maybe that's what happened. Maybe the Taliban went to Home Depot, uh, got the codes for the American uh, helicopters. Nah, I doubt it. You know what happens when you go into a Home Depot. You can't find anyone to give uh, you help. Well, they had 20 years. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. It's been 20 years <laughs> since you've been able to find an employee. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. The leaves blow. Mm. That is a breathtakingly beautiful song. So, uh, what about their follow-up? This was their one and only album, I believe. Album? I, I could be wrong. There yeah. were other songs? It was a full album. That's what I mean. So where was their second single? I don't know. I, I uh, can't say I own this one. Yeah. But I always always was very jealous of those who did. Was this a band or just a male and female duet? It's a band, dude. Listen, listen. you hear drums, you hear uh, well, yeah, I mean, strings. Could all be uh, session studio artists. Steely Dan was, session, was, was a bunch of session artists. You'd call them a band, wouldn't you? Well, but were they the same people who like who went on tour and made subsequent albums? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. It's six twenty-two with Bax and O'Brien at Rock One Hundred Two. luck. Thank you so much. Thank Absolutely. It's six twenty-five with Bax and O'Brien at Rock One Hundred Two. All right, that's enough. What uh, the song? This is not Steve Miller. No, it's we uh, don't it's, play uh, we don't play any song other than Steve Miller this often. It's uh, White Bird by It's a Beautiful Day. Yeah, it's a beautiful and that, song. And that's another thing. It's a beautiful day. What kind of what the hell kind of title is that for a for a band? You know, it's late sixties, early seventies. You know, Strawberry Alarm Clock. Uh, strawberry Alarm Clock. I had one. Yeah, but you didn't. See, it wasn't yeah, a real. It wasn't a real strawberry. Mm-hmm. But it's a beautiful day. Who couldn't look out the window and say, "Hey, you know what? It's a beautiful day." Yeah. Yeah. Well. Oh, look, a white bird. Uh huh. On a beautiful day. I can imagine how compelling their concerts must have been. You know what? They were events. They put on a great show. Yeah. You heard, should have heard the drum solo and the pyrotechnics. Mm-hmm. Didn't they wear face paint? Oh, I don't so know. They, so don't they know. looked yeah, like, uh, like, 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 like Kiss. Yeah, they were They were Kiss before Kiss came along. Uh, Dr. Mark Kenton will be joining us after 8 o'clock this morning for Mercy Medical Center. We're going to talk about vaccinations. Believe it or not, there's a doctor out there who thinks they're a pretty damn good idea. Believe it or not, there's a judge out there uh, in Chicago yesterday in a divorce case where the couple's actually been divorced for seven years and they were only in court for a child support hearing. And all of a sudden the judge says to the mother who had been primary uh, caretaker of the, of the young boy, uh, have you been vaccinated? And the mother said, no. And the, and the judge took the boy away from his mother and gave him to the father. They said it blew away all the judges. I mean, all all the lawyers, rather, because they were really only there to talk about child support. <laughs> they weren't talking about custody. No, they couldn't even believe the judge asked the question. Yeah, that's, well, I mean, to award custody based on that, mm-hmm. when it's not even being asked for. I know. That doesn't seem right. I mean, unless there were other, other issues of neglect Mm-mm. going on, then I, then I can see 
you know, maybe a change being made, but that's yeah. weird. Seemed to not be. Yeah, I know. That's that's how that's how important the vaccine is to some people. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's funny. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. Hey, uh, because it's uh, the first day of school this week for many of the kids out there. Yes. Uh, for the rest of this week, I will have first day of school jokes. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. First day of school jokes. So the first day of school... The teacher uh, says to the classroom, she says, I want you to sit calmly here in my classroom, and if you have anything to ask, you just raise your hand, right? Okay. And all of a sudden, uh, the one kid raises his hand, and the teacher goes, "Uh, yes, son, do you have a question? And the kid goes, no, I was just checking the system. (laughs) (laughs) You see, right off the bat, you got kids worried about quality control. Bax and O'Brien on Rock 102. Springfield. Rock 102, it's time for news, and it is brought to you by the Villa Napolitana. Lobster Fest, September 5th through the 28th at Villa Napolitana. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. As the final five U.S. military transport aircraft lifted off out of Afghanistan on Monday, they left behind up to 200 Americans and thousands of desperate Afghans who couldn't get out and now must rely on the Taliban to allow their departure. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said the uh, U.S. will continue to try to get Americans and Afghans out of the country. He also says the U.S. will work with Afghanistan's neighbors to secure their departure either over land or by charter flight once the Kabul airport reopens. The Pentagon announced uh, the completion of the U.S. military pullout yesterday. No injuries were reported after a car fire on Central Street in Springfield Monday afternoon. Officials were called to uh, 95 Central Street for the car fire and quickly extinguished it. Photos shared by the department on Twitter show a car completely damaged after firefighters put it out. The uh, department's arson and bomb squad is investigating. I'm looking at these pictures. No, no. Hello? Oh, we're back. Apparently, we're back to banging on the mic, which I thought was fixed. <laughs> That is how you fix it. Yeah. No, this is a different microphone. I, I, I thought we fixed it by changing it. I don't think it's the microphone that's the problem. Apparently not. It's the wires that go with it. Yeah. Either way, uh, I'm looking at the pictures on uh, 22 of this car fire. Mm-hmm. There seems to be suds everywhere. Do they usually use soap to put those car fires out? Um, what kind of car is it? It was a little sedan. I don't know, like a little Honda or something like that. Might have been an electric vehicle. Um, if it's an electric vehicle, they don't usually pour water on it. Well, they put water on it. They, there there they is did. a hose. I'm just I'm just saying it, it looks like there's suds coming well, out. Well, maybe there was a cleaning going on at the same time. You know, after a car fire, you really are going to need to get that car cleaned. Maybe, uh, maybe now the Springfield Fire Department is looking at the idea of not just putting out the fire, but also cleaning the vehicle while they're there. That could very well be. Yeah. Yeah. But I would go with the electric uh, engine. I didn't know uh, the fire department was offering uh, waxing service. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll do the uh, the whole thing now. Undercarriage, uh, <laughs> rustoleum. Will, will they do that to Rusty Jones <laughs> yeah. rustproofing? Yeah. For an extra $5, we'll simonize your vehicle. Yeah, that's it. Two men from out of state were arrested for allegedly vandalizing the dinosaur tracks in Holyoke on Saturday. According to Holyoke Police Captain Matthew Moriarty, at around 3.55 p.m., officers were called to the dinosaur tracks on Northampton Street. By the way, that reminds me. I was told over the weekend that Jim Albert retired. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did hear that mm-hmm. over the weekend as well. And I also heard that he very much appreciated the... <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Well, did he appreciate that the fact we, you were doing it or appreciate the fact that he retired and never had to hear it again? Yeah. No, I think he appreciated the fact that I was doing it. Yeah, that's well, good. There you go. But, hey, yep. hey, hey, going to enjoy retirement today. He did retire without, yeah. uh, without yeah. having to write anything on Facebook. Whereas Officer Bumbles, from what I understand... Not so happy. No. But he's still employed. Yeah, as far That's as we right. know. Ah, I would have retired last week, but I was pooping here on the toilet. And I couldn't get out of the uh, way. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Dinosaur Reservation area is accessible to the public off Route 5 along the Connecticut River. The trail leads to a tilted slab of sandstone imprinted with numerous dinosaur footprints. I I just saw the headline. I didn't really read the story. One of these guys is from New Jersey. The other one they said is from Connecticut. Where in Connecticut? Uh, Does it say? Uh, no. It, uh, let's see. Alpha, New Jersey. Middle, Middleton. Middleton. Middleton or Middletown? Middleton. Okay. I'm not sure where that is. But can you imagine, like, uh, let's say they're friends. And, you know, I got a friend who lives in New Jersey. And I'm inviting him up for the weekend. And I'm telling them, you know what? Bring your excavation uh, tools, if you have any. Because I've been wanting for years now to steal one of these uh, dinosaur footprints that are in this uh, this park area in Holyoke. And, and I need your help. It's, it's like, it's like who, who's, who does that? Well, apparently uh, these two guys. And by the way, it's Middletown, Connecticut. Yeah, that's what Middleton, Connecticut yeah. is just a misprint mm-hmm. from 22 News. Yeah, what a surprise. I think stealing it uh, is, uh, there's a great deal of risk of it falling apart on your way home to store it. Yeah. Wouldn't you think? Well, I mean, even if you could get it out in one piece, what are you going to do with it? Where are you going to go with it? You're going to tell all your friends, hey, would you like to see my dinosaur track in my backyard? No, because they'll probably go, hey, wait a minute. Isn't that one of the ones I read about last week that was stole from Holyoke, Massachusetts? Yeah, and you'll say, oh, no, no, no. This this imprint has been here for millions of years. By the yeah. way, ignore all the shovels I got in the backyard. Right, yeah. No, you're talking about that guy from Middleton. I'm the guy in Middletown. This is my dinosaur footprint. Is the uh, dinosaur footprint the kind of thing you could put, like, uh, I don't know, say, like a cement or a plaster Paris in there and, and, uh, and then uh, you know, pull out the relief of it? I think that's basically what it is because oh, of well. the sandstone. It, it's almost like a, a papier-mâché. Paper-mâché? No, no, no. I call it, uh, it papier-mâché. Yeah, that sounds pretentious, kind of like the way you call your doorman Samuel when his yeah. name is Sammy. Yeah. Well, it happens. Is that? Uh, did you live in Middleton, Connecticut, for I, a very long I, time? I did for a while. That's how we talked down there. Yeah. Uh, officers found two men that were carrying tools and slabs of rock, and uh, they told officers they believed they were not digging on dinosaur reservation uh, property. According to the reservation map, though, yeah. it appeared that their digging was on the protected land. Yeah, no. <laughs> we, we know that over there, uh, that's where the dinosaur footprints are part of a protected area. Yeah, but that sign was at least but 10 feet away. Th- this di- this dinosaur obviously wandered away f- away from the pod. <laughs> Take your shoe and then beat it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Against yeah. the microphone. I know. I don't Oh my god. I know. Yeah. This is awful. Yep. Yes, it is.
This is like uh, this is like talking to you on a CB radio. You know where Gumby and Predator are right now? <laughs> what's uh, what's your handle over there? He has no handle. Yeah, lost his handle. At least one person was injured during an incident at Pulaski Park in Northampton early Monday evening. 22 News reached out to the Northampton Police Department, who said they had no comment regarding the situation. Photos sent into the newsroom show several marked cruisers and an ambulance in areas surrounding the park. Yellow caution tape can also be seen blocking off a section of the park while first responders attend to an injured individual. That's what we saw! It was crazy! There was a, somebody who took a picture, and there was that, that police tape, and somebody was bleeding from the head! It was crazy! Scary scene when you're when you're part of the whole thing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Thanks, John. The uh, West Springfield police arrested three people after receiving reports of an active break-in on Saturday afternoon. According to the West Springfield police, at around 4 p.m., a person called police to report that they saw two men inside their home attempting to break into their gun safe on a ring indoor camera. Patrol officers, uh, West Springfield Police Canine Rado, and detectives were all sent to the residence in the area of Ely Avenue, Salem Street, Plymouth Terrace, and Virginia Avenue. Police report they found Orlando Rodriguez Alaveras and uh, Roger Bustos Perez attempting to leave the home by running down the second-story deck stairs and onto an adjacent street. Roger Bustos Perez was quickly found and arrested. Once in custody, police found a large amount of cash, jewelry, a, a crowbar, two screwdrivers, and other burglary tools inside uh, Perez's backpack. That would indicate that you might be breaking into something. It also might indicate that you may have the world's largest backpack. That's backpack, backpack. <laughs> it's the door of the Explorer backpack, including uh, Dora's crowbar. K-9 Rado tracked Orlando Alvarez to a nearby uh, dead-end street where witnesses told police the suspect was picked up in a gray GMC Acadia SUV by a woman... Uh, SUV... I can't, where did I lose my, by a woman driver heading uh, south on Ely Avenue towards Route 20. Officers were able to arrest uh, Alvarez and Rodriguez after a detective unit saw the vehicle pull into the mobile gas station on Westfield Street. Uh, they're both being charged with breaking and entering and all kinds of other things. They det Detectives determined that the residence was targeted and not a random act. They went through all of that. <sighs> you know, what are you going to, you do all this planning, all this all this, uh, you know, all this talk before you start, and it all blows up in your face. It's all done blowed up in your face. That's the truth. Uh-huh. The uh, Hamden County Courthouse remains closed for cleaning as a mold re remediation company or a company runs tests and cleans. According to the Hamden County District Attorney Anthony Galuni, those test results are expected later this week. In the meantime, his staff is still working out the DA's Tower Square office, and while the courthouse could open in a matter of days... He said his staff will not return until it's safe. Well, did anyone really believe they were going to get this all done in a day and a half? No, of course, of course not. not. You got uh, you got 20, 30 years of cleanup to do, and it ain't going to get done in a week. Uh, it's going to depend on the results of the information as we see, uh, as well as our own assessment of the space. There's a possibility we engage our own contractors to clean the space that we inhabit at the courthouse. I'm not going to take any chances with the health and wellness of my employees. I did hear a... Uh, a rumor? Yeah. Do, can I repeat a rumor? Sure. That uh, the mold problem was getting so bad in there. How bad is it? People were complaining about that you could actually see the mold collecting on the vents. 
Yeah. And then uh, in order to keep the complaints of the mold down, they just painted the vents black. So now you can't tell whether or not there's mold there or not. So there's still mold there. There's still mold there. You just can't see it as well as you could when it was a white Well, vent. then that's it. If you can't see it, then it must not exist, right? That's exactly how they're treating this. It is kind of... It's, I think this goes a lot deeper than what, you know... I, and I don't understand why. Like you think the state would be like, okay, just tear it down and build a new one. Well, I, what you know, of all the other things Where, that we do and spend money on, it doesn't make any sense because you know, here you have the busiest uh, your courthouse in the state, and every other courthouse with less traffic going through it every single day in the state has been rebuilt or refurbished or cleaned up, and here you have something that has been proven time and time again for years that it is. Filthy, decrepit, and loaded with with uh, with with dangerous mold, and Mi- they don't do a damn thing about it. Mingles is cleaner than this place. Yes, that's saying something. That's saying a lot. When you can say that Mingles of all places was cleaner than the Roderick Ireland courthouse, the old uh, Teddy B's uh, had uh, was was more hyper uh, was was cleaner than uh, the courthouse. Yeah, and I went there on hysterectomy night. Oh, trust Jesus. me, it was not good. That was a fun night, though, wasn't it? It was kind of fun. <laughs> uh, you know how sellers end prices with uh, you know ninety nine to trick you into thinking that something is cheaper than it actually is. Right. The hope is that psychologically, your first impression is that something is a good deal after seeing the first number. But it turns out the ninety nine cent pricing trick could backfire on sellers if the seller is trying to entice you to upgrade. Researchers at the Ohio State University found that it's very difficult to get buyers to cross the boundary of the round number. For example, they set up a coffee stand and sold a small coffee uh, at a price of 95 cents with the option to upgrade to a larger size for $1.20. Then they changed the small coffee to a flat $1 with the upgrade at $1.25. Only 29% of those customers upgraded from 95 cents to $1.20, while 56% were willing to go from a dollar to a dollar 25. The second option was always more expensive, but it didn't ask buyers to cross the $1 mark like the first one did. They also said that going from $19.99 to $25 may seem like it'll cost more than going from $20 to $26, even though it's actually less of a difference. Yeah, the other thing that they do, and I've, I've seen this proven a couple of times online, is based upon, let's say you order like a drink, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a, a certain price point but they'll upcharge you just a little bit more for the larger size well what they don't tell you is the larger size is narrower a narrower cup mm-hmm. so it's if it's not the same amount of liquid it's like maybe two ounces more than the small one it's just how the cup is is uh, sometimes uh, built when was the last time you flew uh it's been a while a couple of years now did you ever get a drink in the airport Oh yes, I remember years ago it was. Uh, I ordered a Bloody Mary, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Would you? Le- it's eleven. It's eleven fifty, but for two dollars more, you can get a double." <laughs> well, who's gonna say no to that? Of course not, right? Of course, you got plenty of time in your hands. Why not? But talk about uh, that's actually uh, you, you know that's a, a mind math f. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, messing with your mind. Because if you think about it, you're getting, okay, I'm paying, uh, you already know you're going to pay an astronomical price for a drink inside of an airport. Sure. But now you have the option 
for just $2 more to get double the amount of alcohol. Well, sign me up. Except you don't get double the amount of alcohol. No, it's an extra shot, supposedly. That's what they tell you. It's just... That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Is it, like, when you're talking about the narrower glasses, do they use smaller, like, uh, or, you know... More narrow shot glasses to fill to make it look like they're actually pouring in an extra of course thing of booze. Yeah, right. I mean, it, they believe me. They they think you're you're you think you're getting a deal. Yeah. But they're making money off the deal. This seems ridiculous. It is ridiculous. That's why you're so much better mixing your own drinks in the on the uh, in the concourse. But they but they get the money. True, sure they do because people don't know any better. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be mostly sunny with a high of 83. Uh, tomorrow, a uh, flash flood watch will be in effect from Wednesday afternoon through Thursday uh, as a uh, tropical storm. What is it? Uh, Irene. Irene something. Ida. What is, Ida. 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 That's Ida, what it is. Ida. Uh, moves in through the area with a high of 72. And uh, Thursday, going to see uh, rain again with a high of 69. Giggity. It's 66 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. I wasn't able to sleep in my own bed. Because of my wife's struggles with CPAP, I had to move out, out to the couch, out to the... Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As you know, today is the deadline for NFL teams to trim their rosters down to the required 53-man squad, and everybody's got to do it before 4 o'clock this afternoon. Now, for some teams, dropping a few guys here and there is pretty simple. But for some teams, they have to hold on to certain guys because of their potential trade value. For example, the Houston Texans are expected to keep quarterback Deshaun Watson despite a mountain of legal trouble in front of him. The Texans are looking to keep him on the roster long enough to trade him away and get something of value before it's too late. Over the last several days, it's been speculated that the only team that appears to be willing to make a trade for him has been the Miami Dolphins, because apparently they are in a desperate need of a quarterback who's been accused of sexually assaulting and or harassing 22 different women. Granted, that's somewhat of a niche position in the NFL, but according to reports, the Dolphins are either the only team looking for that sort of thing, or they haven't Googled the guy yet. Meanwhile, when asked about whether the rumors were true about the Dolphins trading for the guy, Miami head coach Brian, Brian Flores responded by saying, quote, we have a high standard for the people we have in our organization. We want people with high character throughout the building. Well, that pretty much sums up Deshaun Watson, doesn't it? Yes, he may have acted inappropriately with 22 different legitimate female massage therapists. And yes, all those women have filed lawsuits against him. And yes, he may be a serial predator is accused of exposing himself, which led to every major sponsor running as far away from the guy as possible, like it was a toxic industrial accident waiting to happen. And yes, he may be among the very worst people in the NFL based upon his disgusting and repugnant behavior. But does he have enough high moral character to play for the Miami Dolphins? I suppose that's a question for someone else to consider because I'm afraid my judgment has been clouded by facts and allegations, whereas judgments made with ignorance and denial would seem to be the Dolphins' responsibility to make. But hey, enough of my yapping. Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Pull up Rocky's August sales flyer on your phone or computer. It's loaded with great bargains like the four-buck tool sale and the DeWalt $100 deals. Every month, there's new savings. And the Rocky's flyer, always available at rockies.com and available at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware.
I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Classic Rock at 7.09 and Def Leppard on Rock 102. It's going to be mostly sunny today, a high of 83. Tomorrow, not so nice. Uh, effects from uh, Hurricane Ida moving through the area. You're going to see rain heavy at times, a flash flood warning in effect, and a high of 72 all the way into Thursday uh, with a high of 69. Giggity, it's 66 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Dr. Mark Kenton will be joining us next hour. We're going to be talking about vaccinations uh, at Mercy Medical Center and also Kathleen Madigan. Uh, is going to be at Foxwoods on September 10th. We'll be talking to Kathleen around 8:45, 8:50 this morning. Giddy up! There you go. So I've been buying. Uh, I've been going to. Uh, but, but by the way, uh, John's not talking because there's something going on with his microphone in the other room. Yes, that's, that's why he's not joining the conversation right. I now. mean, I've got him up in case something remarkable or miraculous happens. But uh, yeah, he's not. Uh, he's not with us at the moment. Uh, but anyway, uh, I've been, uh, I've been, uh, try, I, t- I like to try new seasonings. Sure. Things like that. And, right. And, uh, usually at Costco, they have something new every once in a while. And then with the last couple of years, they've had this Kinders was the name of the brand. You ever see that? Mm, I've seen it. Never had it. Uh, this one, uh, that he used, I used to cook steak, Kinders Buttery Steakhouse. Really? It's almost like, you remember the Mrs. Dash, like dehydrated butter flakes? Yeah, it was like butter and a. It was like, but it was just seasoning. Yeah, it's kind of like that, but with other spices in it. And Couldn't you just use regular butter? I guess you could, but uh, if you're in a in a pinch, and you don't have any butter, and you have this only, you could just use this. Okay. But the point is, it's good. Yeah. And then they make other ones. There's like a there's like a garlic salt and pepper one. There's, oh yeah. Uh, an old bay type. Oh, uh, I like that. I like the old bay. I like uh, an old bay. Yes. Uh, but how about on the sweet side? Twix is coming out with a uh, new Twix flavored seasoning blend that hits stores tomorrow. So it's got like the uh, the chocolate and the uh, little cookie inside of it. It's all like dehydrated Twix. It's just granulated Twix. Well, which I don't know how you do that with caramel. Well, I mean, Twix is already one of the driest candies out there anyway right oh it depends on you know if you get a fresh one no because they're usually kind of gooey on the top yeah, with the caramel see i would take a kit kat over a twix any day it's uh it's called twix shakers and it'll be available at sam's club starting tomorrow we don't have a sam's nah, i don't club have anyone like that then grocery stores around the country will get it over the next few months it's uh, mostly meant as a topper for things like ice cream and milkshakes milkshakes but they claim it's good on popcorn i kind of see that right and in cocktails. You know what else you could do? You take a whole bunch of Twix and uh, pound them with a hammer mm-hmm. and just sprinkle it on there and, and have as many as you want. You could do that, too. In fact, I would almost recommend doing that because it actually tastes like a fresh Twix rather than something that's been uh, dehydrated when it's already uh, like about as dry as a cinder block. Look at you with all the good ideas. Oh, listen, I'm, I'm constantly thinking of new ways to eat food. And they specifically suggest trying it on fruit. You know, finally the way to eat uh, fruit healthily without being healthy about it. You know what I mean? Why? Why should you be stuck eating healthy fruit when when it's so much better? You know, laced with candy. It's 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 amazing to me though. Like when they come out with these products, it's like, how come they never thought of this before? I don't really know, but you know, there's always somebody that comes up with something new, and you say. Well, of course that's going to be delicious. It's like the first time you see like uh, 
you know, like, you know, lobster and bacon and, and macaroni and cheese. The, you yeah. know, first time that came out a couple of years ago, you're thinking, wow, I bet that's really fantastic. And then you try it at home and then you realize, oh, my God, I've got cramps from eating so much lobster, macaroni and cheese with bacon all over it. You know, we really should go to that buffet. The uh, the Nordic Lodge? The Nordic Lodge. You know, I, I know that it sounds, uh, like on paper, it sounds like it's something really wonderful. But at how much is it? Like 120 bucks per person? You know, I, I, it's been over 10 years since I've been there. And let's see uh, how much uh, they're doing now. Uh, $125 Yeah, see, person. that's... I mean, I could I could understand if uh, if like two people cost one hundred and twenty five dollars at an all you can be eat buffet, but it's one hundred and twenty five dollars per person. So in other words, if my wife and I go, it's two hundred and fifty dollars. Right. But where else can you get unlimited lobster in a two yeah, hour but, span? But everybody should have a limit on how much mollusks they can put in their system. Uh, Bad things happen. When you eat too much lobster. Oh, what about uh, they have oysters, too? <laughs> Same thing with oysters. I love oysters as much as the next guy, but there's there are some bad things that happen when you eat too many. Kind of like when when the uh, the sheriff used to have his, uh, his, his clam boil. Yeah. Or the clam bake. You eat enough cherry stones, you can regret it pretty quickly. Yeah, I've, if you know what I'm saying, I've regretted that many times. I have to too. Sheriff's picnic. When I've had forty or fifty cherry stones, yeah. I'm thinking I can't get enough of these, and then like two hours later, I'm going, I wish I hadn't had forty or fifty cherry stones. Yeah, when you evacuate a mollusk from your bowels the next day, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. You know what else I'm, I'm I have not seen yet? Uh, the definitive list of new foods of the Big E. Big E's only like seventeen days away, right? Yeah, I have not seen that annual mass live story that breaks down all the new foods that are coming up. I, I've I've heard a little bit from uh, like a Connecticut, uh, you know, news service about like a deep fried martini. Yeah, and uh, pierogi Sundays, but I haven't seen the definitive list of all the new stuff. I'm kind of waiting for that. It seems like. I like the biggies dragging on uh, on letting that out there, but you would think that by now. We'd be seeing a little bit uh, more information. Well, I, th- I I think that they're not uh, quite ready yet. Don't you think, though, that the vendors have already got ideas planned? Like, they've they've already got stuff ready to go? Maybe. I mean, it's not, these things are not last-minute decisions. Someone didn't just yeah. say, I'm going to put a cheeseburger in a uh, Krispy Kreme donut, and it's, a, it's a, yeah, I, I just did it at the last possible second. This, this was carefully planned to make it scientifically perfect. I guess. Trust me. These are these are not last minute calls here. Well, uh um, But I'm anxious to see what they got cuz to me that's that's half the fun of going to the Big E. Well, but the but, you know, whenever they come out with that new stuff, like that cheeseburger donut thing. Yeah. It was like, "Oh, you got to go get the cheeseburger donut." So I did. I ordered the cheeseburger donut when it was uh, brand new. Yeah. It was awful. But you got it, though. See, that's the thing. Everyone says, oh, that's so gross. Yeah, but it's a heart attack on a plate. Like, yeah, but you're going to try it, aren't you? But it but it teaches me not to buy that stuff because it's not worth it. It's not worth it. But then there are times when something like this comes up at the Big E. Then, when it, and then you suddenly start seeing it everywhere you go, like the deep fried Oreos or the deep fried Twinkies. Like, well, from now on, that's the only way I want those things. 
What was the one I had? Was the uh, the deep fried uh, jelly beans that tasted very much like a jelly donut? It did taste uh, exactly like a jelly. Donut. I happen to like a jelly donut, but again, I it's not that important to me to go buy these things, knowing that it's really just. Well, a bunch what are of you hype. going to the Big E for? To buy yourself a like a, a sham wow with a miracle mop? I'm going to the Big E to confuse myself <laughs> and to say, why did I come here? <laughs> and listen, my di- my di- uh, dissenting opinion or uh, about the Big E right. isn't going to affect the Big E. There's plenty of people. No, that and, go there. and you'll probably still go, right? I probably will. And yeah. you'll take your kids. I probably will. Right? Yeah. And your new lady friend. Yeah. And then you'll go and you'll have yeah. fun. And it'll be like, wow, this is exactly like I remember it two years ago. Yeah. I don't. Uh, Actually, it would be four years ago because that was the last time I was there. To be honest, I haven't been in a couple of years either. Yeah, but I may. But I think this is the year I I will probably go. One, I love a good super spreader, and then two, I'm I'm probably overdue to be there. They I sh- think they should do the the unvaccinated COVID tent. I love that idea. You know, <laughs> you, 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 this is the tent where all the unvaccinated people go, and yep. if you want to get COVID to make yourself immune, you, you go into the tent. And they do those little displays that have the Better Living Center where some guy's got that miracle chopper. You know, oh, he yeah. chops a couple vegetables, and he leaves, and another guy comes in, and you know he gets swabbed on his way out, and you know, maybe he gets a booster. I think it's going to be right. What about testing for the animals? Are we going to test the animals, too? I don't see why we wouldn't. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm not uh, – uh, you know me. I don't. I don't. The Walmart without walls is not the place that I want to go to. But you know, it's sweaty, but and it's, it's smelly, yes, but it's tradition. You though it's, walk in the heat, and it, then you get, or it's raining, and it's you the, gotta go. And the, the history and the pageantry of it all. I mean, you know, you, 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 having your kids feed little barnyard animals right from their hands. We could do. We could do that at uh, the Westfield Animal Sanctuary, that uh, beautiful place out in Westfield that they opened with the. You know, you can go and pet the animals and. You don't Does need... the animal sanctuary provide a footsie wootsie when your kids' feet are tired? No, but they also don't charge fifteen dollars to get in because it's your, free. Do your kids have to? You know, do they get they get the uh, the wonderful opportunity to stand in line for three hours for a baked potato? No, but you can just go down to uh, any number of restaurants in Westfield and bring that stuff with you. I Eat it in know. your car because you can't bring it to the animals. But then uh, then you can go and enjoy petting the animals. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you know, to me, if you can. If you can get a a, a moo nut, then everything is uh, everything is uh, everything is good again. A moo nut? Yeah, that's that's it. It's like a donut with ice cream in it. That sounds like a cow's testicles, even though cows don't have testicles. But they do sound delicious, though, don't they? Donut with ice cream inside. It should be huh? uh, yeah, right. It should huh? be, yeah, it should be a uh, bust a moo nut. Yeah, well, you could do that too. Yeah, yeah like right. Bust the rhymes, you know. You call it whatever you want. Yeah, but they want you to have it because it's there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, again, I'm not. Oh, like, I don't know. Oh, we gotta, gotta get the maple candy up in Vermont. Oh, see, we I'm gotta gonna, go get the baked potato from see, the I'm main gonna, building. I, I'm a big fan of Vermont, but I'm not a big fan of maple. Well, who wants to go get a clam fritter, fritter from Rhode Island? Oh, see, I like that. Rhode Island. Rhode Island's the best building for food. No, it's not. Yes, it is. What are you of talking the, about? Of the state buildings? A clam fritter is basically just a, a fried dough. With clams inside. See, I never got one that had enough clam in it to make me go, mm, 
there's no clams in there. There's clams in there. And, and if you if, if you go to Rhode Island and you order the the, the clam cakes, you're going to get you know, big wads of clam in those yeah. cakes and that's that's fantastic. Yep. Not my cup of tea. Nah, Nothing a, good has ever of, come of, from Rhode Island. Of all the state buildings, Rhode Island's got the best uh, the best stuff. No. The chowder, stuff cohogs, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Dell's Lemonade. Got all kinds of great stuff in there. All kinds of great stuff. In fact, in fact, I would rather park myself in the Rhode Island building than go to something stupid like Massachusetts or New Hampshire. Please. There's nothing to eat in those states at all. New Hampshire. Yeah. Live free or die because we don't have any food up here. That's right. Yeah. Got nothing good. You're gonna go shoot your own in the New Hampshire building. It's just about 7:22 in Rock 102. The sun wants to bake your home or business, jacking your AC bills, fading your upholstery. Car- 31 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. All month long, receive 40 percent off installation of windows, doors, and Yankee Home signature uh, a one day bath system. Always use the <clears throat> keyword Rock 102. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. As the final five U.S. military transport aircraft lifted off out of Afghanistan on Monday, they left behind up to 200 Americans and thousands of desperate Afghans who couldn't get out and now must rely on the Taliban to allow their departure. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said the U.S. will continue to try to get Americans and Afghans out of the country. He also says the U.S. will work with Afghanistan's neighbors to secure their departure either over land or by charter flight once the Kabul airport reopens. The Pentagon announced uh, the completion of the U.S. military pullout on Monday. No injuries were reported after a car fire on Central Street in Springfield Monday afternoon. Uh, Fire officials responded to 95 Central Street for the car fire and quickly extinguished it. Photos shared by the department on Twitter show a car completely damaged after the firefighters put it out. Now, last hour I said, hey, uh, it did look like there was suds. There was lots of suds there. Right. And then uh, a firefighter uh, said to me, uh, yeah, usually they use that foam, you know, to put out like a... Oh, of course. If you're dealing with, um, whatchamacallit? Cars. Know, car it, fires. It, it, right, with the, with, the, with the fluids and all that stuff in it. Fuel. Gas. Fuel, oil. oil uh, washer brake fluid. fluid. The washer fluid's fine. The washer fluid is not fine. A shootout between four people damaged several vehicles and building on Farnham Drive in Holyoke Sunday afternoon, and now a police investigation is underway. According to uh, Captain Matthew Moriarty, officers responded to the area of 178 Farnham Drive after receiving numerous reports of shots fired at 4.45 p.m. There was uh, evidence of shots fired and several properties were damaged. A witness uh, described the shooting to officers as a running gunfight between four people with two pairs shooting each other. No injuries were reported. The investigation remains ongoing. Anyone with any information is asked to contact the Holyoke Police Department. Uh, the Criminal Investigation Bureau. You can also text the tip and remain anonymous. So this is four dudes all chasing after each other and shooting things up, kind of like you see on television. Yeah. Wow. That's That must have been a crazy scene. That's uh, I don't know where Farnham Drive is, but the drive-by on Homestead Avenue, that was a little odd. You know what I mean? Yeah. The two drive-bys in the last uh, couple of weeks. Right. It just seems like, um, well, uh, what the hell's going on in Holyoke now? We used to be known as the city that uh, you know had buildings burning left and right. That's true. So Next. Farnham is actually off uh, Whiting Farms Road. That's what I'm saying. Like it's all in that area now. Yeah. Which usually uh, you don't you didn't really see that. And it wouldn't. I wouldn't think that would be like a violent section of Holyoke. 
I mean, you're not that far from the mall. You know, not that you probably have a good, you know, quick drive to the Ocean State job lot. There's lots of lots of you know, good things happening in that area. Mayor uh, Dominic Sarno and uh, Springfield's police commissioner on Monday apologized for the bad behavior of some Springfield police officers during the Indie Soul Festival over the weekend. The apology letter was addressed to State Representative Bud Williams, City Councilor Tracy Whitfield, uh, Springfield Housing Authority Director Denise Jordan, along with Robert Jones, festival organizers, performers, and attendees. Sarno did not provide any details about what the officer did wrong, but apologized for the miscommunication and disruption of the officers during the festival. We want to, we're going to assure you that our concerns are important to us and we will take uh, steps to try to make certain this does not happen again. I promise you that. Would it be good to know exactly what happened? Well, uh, in the, according to the Mass Live article, apparently uh, there was some police officers that showed up basically threatening to tow all the cars in the area and mm. uh, shutting this thing down earlier than was expected. Uh, it was Daryl Moss who was the first, uh, for, who used to be the aide to uh, Don, Mayor Don, Don. Right, right. He was apparently in charge of either running the festival or had some sort of, you know, hierarchy in, sure. in, in organizing it. And uh, was saying that uh, these officers were trying to, like, shut it down a couple hours before it was... Oh, well, did, they have, uh, did, well, they, did he, they have permission to they be did. operating? They have a permit, and it said that the closing time was 9.30 p.m. Uh, for this festival. And uh, these officers apparently wanted to shut it down earlier and were threatening to tow cars. Based on what? What were they, what were they trying to shut it down for? Was it getting unruly? See, that's the thing that I don't know. But there was enough, obviously, evidence somewhere for the mayor and police commissioner to apologize for I mean, these, said behavior. These are usually peaceful family events, you know, most of the time. Yeah, you know, unless you can tell me of, you know, something bad that was occurring there. You know, I don't know, know why they would have to try to stop it. Yeah, I, I have no idea uh, what's going on. Uh, let's see. Uh Da, 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 da. So soon? No, not so soon. I just, you know, we're, we're this is all out of whack now. He's not in here. He's not on the on the radio. I, I know. do my thing. I, I usually have time to play Candy Crush and grab the news. Now I just only had time to play Candy Crush, and uh, now and I'm you just feel like you're news. you're kind of like uh like yeah unprepared in a way. I feel a little bit unprepared. Two men from out of state were arrested for allegedly vandalizing the dinosaur tracks in Holyoke on Saturday. Captain Matthew Moriarty said at around 3.55 p.m., officers were called to the dinosaur tracks on Northampton Street. The dinosaur reservation area is accessible to the public off Route 5 along with the Connecticut River. Along the Connecticut River, the trail leads to a tilted slab of sandstone imprinted with numerous dinosaur footprints. Officers found two men that were carrying tools and slabs of rock, and they told officers they believed they weren't digging on dinosaur reservation area. I <laughs> mean, that sign was not specific. According to Enough. the reservation map, it appeared that their digging was, in fact, on the protected land. Jack Boyland of Alpha, New Jersey, and Stephen Miller of Middletown, Connecticut, were arrested. Hey, man, my buddy's up from Jersey. <laughs> what do you want to do, man? Let's uh, let's grab a 30-rack of Keystone. <laughs> and some shovels. Yeah. I know where I can get some sweet-ass dinosaur footprints. We can just put it right in the back of your S10 pickup truck. This sounds like a last-minute decision. It does sound like 
Like I'm sure the guy didn't come up from Jersey say, hey, uh, I got a great idea. I hear there's dinosaur tracks in Holyoke. Let's go there and dig them up. I just don't. This understand. sounds like well, we've exhausted everything else. We've we've uh, we've 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 binge watched everything. What else is there to do? I just don't understand what you think you're going to do with those you know, with dinosaur footprints. I mean, you're going to bring them back to Connecticut with you? These are pretty big prints, right? Yeah, they're huge. Yeah. But to try to dig them up, you know, I don't know. I mean, everyone likes a, like like a like a new landscaping feature in their backyard. You know, whether it's like a pond or a or a fountain or yeah. you know some some new hedges or whatever. But you tell your friends, look, I got dinosaur tracks in my backyard. All of a sudden, everyone in the, everyone in the neighborhood is talking about you. Hey, you know, George got uh, dinosaur tracks in his backyard, which means maybe there's dinosaur tracks in our backyard. Well, I mean, it's like one thing if you, uh, let's say you have a fire hydrant in your backyard. Yeah. You picked it up from some construction site yeah. three years ago. Yeah. Okay. You wanted to take that because uh, you wanted to make your uh, yard uh, have that little cute thing for the dog uh, to pee on. Like, it, you know, it, even though it doesn't work, it's just a... It's, there, a it's decorative. It's decorative. What the hell are you going to do with a dinosaur footprint that's probably at least 12 feet long and 15 feet wide? It's a good question. I don't know. A former employee of the Massachusetts Department of Unemployment Assistance pleaded guilty on Monday to fraud and identity theft charges for falsely requesting more than $240,000 in claims for pandemic unemployment assistance funds. Was that wrong? Was he not supposed to do that? I got to plead ignorance here. Had I had known that was against the rules... <laughs> 35-year-old Tiffany Pacheco, uh, formerly of uh, New Bedford, pleaded guilty to charges of wire fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, and aggravated identity theft, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. Pacheco was hired by the DUA in, um, oh, is that Dua Lipa? Dua Lipa? Maybe it is. Yeah. Didn't realize she was hiring. In April of 2020, shortly after being released from federal prison where she was convicted for aggravated identity theft. So she a- can't keep you away. <laughs> During her employment with the DUA, authorities accused Pacheco of misusing her position to submit fraudulent PUA claim information on behalf of herself and her husband, Arthur Pacheco, who was incarcerated in Texas until September 4th of 2020 and therefore ineligible for PUA funds. Ah, In June of 2020, PUA claims submitted for Pacheco and her husband said their 2019 income was zero and they had no dependents, according to authorities who then accused Pacheco of accessing the PUA computer system and changing claim information for herself and her husband to increase the amount of money they would receive. For example, Pacheco increased the amount of 2019 income for her and Arthur Pacheco to more than 240000 and increased the number of their dependents to seven. How many did they actually have? Wait a minute. You had zero dependents last year, and now you have seven? We've been very busy. You know how that pandemic goes. You know, you got all that free time in your hands. The next thing you know, boom, I got seven children. We're having lockdown sex. There's lots of it. And we had <laughs> seven children Quinn in the tuplets. course of 18 yeah. months. A septuplet. No, hey, what do you say seven? How do you say seven? Septuplets. Septuplets. Uh, the press release said Pajico is uh, currently is Pajico is further accused of using her access to the system to verify the increased uh, to 2019 income on both claims without the required income verification documents. Well, how did you think you weren't going to get caught doing that? 
Well, they must have gotten a, 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 away with it for long enough. They probably thought they were in the clear. I guess so, but it just seems. But like... these are but these are bold changes they're making. Because <clears throat> what sh- what should she have gotten paid for that job? Uh, probably nowhere near two hundred forty thousand dollars. You sure? Yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, I don't think it's paying any more than forty. Oh, I don't know. Two hundred forty. That's at least two hundred thousand dollars type of work. No, I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I haven't really been caught defrauding my employer yet. A, uh, yeah, yeah. You defraud the employee. They're defrauding us. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna wield allegations like that, Steve. A uh, group of nuns who bought stock in Smith and Wesson just to have a say in the gun debate are once again calling out the manufacturer for what they call indifference to firearms impact on human rights. The Adrian Dominican sisters say the uh, the Springfield-based company has a responsibility to adhere to the U.N. guiding principles on business and human rights. The nuns have for the third time placed a proposal on the ballots uh, sent out to shareholders that would force management at Smith & Wesson to address their concerns. The annual shareholders meeting is September 27th. We first filed this proposal in 2019, believing a formal human rights policy would serve the company and all of its stakeholders, particularly in light of the company's business model. For example, its sales of potentially lethal firearms that could cause serious human rights harms, wrote uh, Sister Judy Byron of the Northwest Coalition for Responsible Investment in response to an email question. These policies have been adopted by hundreds of companies with far lesser risk profiles. The proposal garnered 36% of port, which is a strong signal that shareholders understand the concerns and see the value of having a policy in place to mitigate these human rights risks. These are nuns. That's what I'm saying. You get get a group of angry nuns. I mean, they're almost like like a political street gang almost. All wearing the same colors. Well, like the Van B boys. Yeah, intimidating people around the neighborhood. I almost got roughed up them by them, but I gave the sign. Oh, yes, right, the sign. Yeah. Yes. The finger sign. Um, hey, well, good for them, you know? If that's a, that's a tactic, that's an interesting tactic to use, to buy up <laughs> stock in a company. <laughs> and then to weasel your way into dismantling it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, they're... They're crafty nuns. Like these, these are real crafty nuns. They were the nuns in my Catholic school when I was a kid. I don't think they were capable of doing something like this. Well, they whack in the fingers with a with a ruler if you weren't uh, paying attention. Well, I think uh, Sister Marianne was really just drinking bourbon behind that uh, little desk. That well, that that could be, but I see this as like a like a like a like a knuckle whacking to Smith and Wesson from these nuns with yeah, a yardstick. Yeah, get a big giant ruler out. That's it. Uh, have you ever wanted to wanted re- uh, revenge after leaving a job you hated? Every single day of my life. It's not even leaving the job. You just want <laughs> revenge on this place to begin with. Here's an example of why it's usually not a good idea to act upon that. A 41-year-old woman in Tampa named Meg- Medjhine Kalong. Megd. We'll yep. call her Med. Sure. Uh, used to be the head of HR for a company called 1-800-ACCOUNTANT. I think the first name is pronounced Megan, but we'll just leave okay. it at that. They hired her in 2019 and fired her six months later. It sounds like there were multiple issues. For example, she once got into an argument with a coworker and even uh, and got even by locking them out of the computer system. What a bitch. No kidding. 
Anyway, they fired her, but she still had access to the company's database. So over the next two days, she logged in and basically destroyed it. She deleted 17,000 job applications and resumes. She also left a bunch of profanity-filled messages in the system for her bosses to find, but it did backfire because they knew she did it. And it cost the company $200,000. This month, the grand jury found her guilty of accessing and intentionally causing damage to a protected computer. She'll be sentenced in December and faces up to 15 years in prison. Damn. That, but then all of a sudden, that spitefulness doesn't seem worth it. You know, uh, this place would be easy to destroy leaving here. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't suggest it, Steve. No, I'm just saying how easy it would be. Yeah, but I don't think you want to even attempt it. because No, uh, I'm not attempting it. I'm just saying how, at least you know how easy it would be. It wouldn't be that difficult. All you have to do is uh, like un- <laughs> unplug microphone wires and you'd be all set. Yeah, that's true. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of 83. Tomorrow, rain moves in uh, throughout the area. The remnants of uh, Hurricane Ida, and that uh, could be a flash flood, or there is will be a flash flood watch in effect from tomorrow until Thursday, and a high of 72, 69 giggity on Thursday. Uh, it's 65 right now in downtown Springfield, brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Next time you're at the beverage cooler, look for the black and white can. It's Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. It's velvety smooth and never bitter because Fogbuster is air roasted. And that's your Fogbuster forecast and the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Attention New England. Leah Toto Wilbraham is now the area's authorized Kelly Blue Book buying center. Leah Toto Wilbraham will give you an instant cash offer to purchase your car, truck, or sport utility vehicle. Magic Rock, it's 8.05 and Tom Petty on Rock 102. Uh, testing, testing, one, two, three. Yeah, you seem to be loud and clear. Seems uh, seems uh, like it's been fixed. Early sun and then clouds today, a high of 83. Tomorrow, cloudy with uh, Hurricane Ida rolling in here tomorrow afternoon. Going to be a lot of rain and a lot more on Thursday. So uh, be prepared. A high tomorrow, 73, 68 now in downtown Springfield. You know, the uh, the latest statistics show that Massachusetts is actually well ahead of the national average as far as vaccinations, those who have been fully vaccinated or those who have received at least one dose. 60- We're kicking ass. We are kicking ass. 65% of Massachusetts' population has been fully vaccinated as opposed to the national average, which is about uh, you know 48% percent and 75 percent have at least one dose here in massachusetts where the national average is about just over uh, just under 62 percent but yet uh, there's a lot of people that don't really have a, a full grasp or an understanding of what vaccinations really can do uh in this pandemic and on the phone this right now for mercy medical center is dr mark kenton good morning doctor how are you good morning guys how are you thanks for having me on today well i uh i'm i'm doing okay despite knowing that uh I can't be in a room with any metal because uh, the magnet in my arms now pull all of that metal towards me. <laughs> and the glass fragments and everything else that yeah. goes with it. Right? Yeah, that too. Yeah. I'm, I'm planning on yeah. putting my children's uh, report cards on my chest with magnets. <laughs> you know, I, it, it's it's it, we're in a time with social media where everyone becomes an expert on, on these things. And, and you, you know, you read about people doing their own research and I, I and I look at that and thinking well are are, are you reading medical journals and 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 all the other things that are being passed along to us because I I just kind of don't don't get that and and uh concept and you know I've been I've been an advocate all along really working hard to try to educate 
you know, people, you know, the need for the vaccinations and how we're going to get control of this virus, even to the point when I think I was the second person at Mercy vaccinated. And, you know, I did a Facebook Live feed of that. And I think it had over 10,000 views at that point in time. But really just trying to educate people, you know, the need for this, because if we don't if we don't get control of this, we're going to see more and more you know, variants that come along, you know, Delta, there's concerns about Lambda. And, you know, that eventually we're going to get something that's going to definitely evade the immune system or evade the vaccinations that we currently have. And, and you know, that, that's a scary concept to me. I've been dealing with uh, melanoma for eight years, and they've actually said to me that, you know, part of the issue that they're dealing with, the doctors, that is, is that there are not a lot of people out there who have lived this long to know what all the side effects are. When people talk about, well, you know, this drug is too new and we don't know what's going to happen five, eight, ten years down the road, is that true or or do we even now have a pretty good idea that there's not going to be long-term side effects? Yeah, I think that we have a pretty good idea. You know, these... While they're new to the public, these have been studied really for the last nearly 20 years, the, the mRNA you know, vaccination you know, concept. And, you know, we just we, we got to a point where we had to, you know, bring it rapidly to the public because, you know, honestly, our, our, our hospitals are full of, of patients with unvaccinated patients with COVID, you know, but we're not seeing patients being admitted to the hospital with vaccine complications. And, you know, I think that while while our state's done very well with vaccinating people, you know, our, our healthcare system in general is at a significant crisis. When you look at across the whole southern part of, of the country, you know, a, a family friend with a 42-year-old cousin in North Carolina who, who needed ECMO, who needed a bypass machine a few days ago, and they reached out to me if I knew anywhere they could get this this uh, poor guy because there was nowhere in North Carolina that could take him. And they found maybe one hospital in San Antonio, Texas, and maybe one in Delaware. Um, you know, we've had one of our sister hospitals in Connecticut, you know, hospitals from Oklahoma reaching out to us to to try to transfer patients. I mean, that's that's the reality of what's going on, you know, nationwide, you know, in, in the country right now and why, and why this is so important to keep pushing, you know, the need for vaccination. So, you know, I truly believe they're safe I, when I'm when I'm able to get the booster shot. I'll be first in line to get that. When my children are able to get vaccinated, you know, I'll have them first in line to get vaccinated. It's, you know, the biggest concern I have is that, you know, while I'm vaccinated right now, you know, I could still get it, but it decreases your risk of hospitalization. It decreases your risk of dying. But that doesn't mean that I can't take it home to my family still and to my children, you know, where they could go to school and spread it to other children as well. So, uh, you, you know, that's that's kind of how we're looking at this. Yeah, do we know the true side, ter- long-term side effects eight to ten years down the road? We don't, but we do know what COVID is doing to people right now. This is uh, Dr. Mark Kenton on the phone. You know, it, it, you know, to me, if if you got uh, like a C- minus or less in high school science, I'm not typically one to hear your side about understanding science. Um, but you know, to me, it's like what we're seeing is something unprecedented. Like we've never, you know, the, the, the U.S. population, the world population for that matter, has never had to deal with real-time science as it unfolds, like you're seeing, you know, right now. Obviously, with vaccinations, there's a lot of questions. And some people say, well, we, you know, we rushed through this 
through this thing. But like you said, you know, there have been, you know, studies on these kinds of medications for a long, long period of time. And you're seeing these mutated virus, uh, you know, variants that are that are popping up. I mean, you look at some of these states and, you know, their vaccination rates are 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 terrible. I mean, you know, Mississippi, 35 percent, Alabama, 34 percent. It's like. You know, this is so politicized, and as a doctor, so you're just you're just trying to save lives. So, how do you reconcile to some with someone who is steadfastly against the idea of of getting themselves, uh, you know, vaccinated in this? How, I mean, how do you even deal with that? You know, honestly, it's t- it's sitting down and taking time to try to educate them. And I guess I'm a little more fortunate in my role, having an administrative role you know, at Mercy as chief, one of the things that I do, I walk, I actually walk through our waiting room multiple times a day and sit down with people, hand out my business card, talk to people and, and ask them if they've been vaccinated, you know, and have you, why, what are the reasons why you haven't been vaccinated? What are your, what are your fears? And I also do tell them, we can vaccinate you today before you leave, if they meet certain criteria, if they don't have an acute illness. And, you know, I, I have found, you know, I can, I can tell you in my last two shifts that I've worked on each shift, I've had one person on each shift that's, that's agreed to get vaccinated. And, you know, that to me, is, that, that's a huge accomplishment because that person now getting vaccinated may actually save the life of someone else by, by, not, by, by not spreading it to, to, to another patient. So it, it really comes down to simply, you know, trying to educate people and give them the right facts, the right science behind this, you know, and the, and, and the right information. Um, there's just too much spread out. And like you said, it has been politicized. You know, I look at people saying, well, it's, it's taking away my freedom and my rights. And I think about it, what we're going through right now. And I look at what's happened, for example, in Afghanistan. Those are people that have lost their rights, that have lost their freedoms. You know, wearing a piece of cloth over your face, you know, to protect other people is not a loss of right. It's not a loss of freedom. It's simply protecting humankind and the people around you, your people, your loved ones, you know, your family members, your children, your children, especially the ones that can't get vaccinated right now. And and, and that's really what we're looking to do. We were talking uh, yesterday, there was a story about uh, how lucky we were last year. It was the least uh, bad, if that's a proper term, uh, flu season because we were wearing masks and a lot of people didn't get the flu. And now that the flu season is coming along and, and from that conversation, we went off into talking about th- things like shingles. Now, like I mentioned, I mean, I'm immunocompromised. I got vaccinated for COVID uh, as soon as I could, but yet, admittedly, I don't get the flu shot. I haven't had the, the, the shingles vaccine. Am I, in essence, defeating the whole purpose of getting the COVID vaccine if I'm not going to get those as well? I don't know if you're necessarily defeating the purpose of the COVID vaccine. However, if you get the flu, for example, and you get hospitalized, the COVID vaccination is not 100%, so you still could get COVID. So, and we don't, honestly, I don't, I don't know if we truly know the full effects if you have COVID with influenza, because, if, for example, last year at Mercy, we did not see one documented case, one documented case of the flu, you know, here, and it simply was because people were masking. We didn't see, we weren't seeing RSV in children, but yet, you know, this year it's going to be different because people aren't masking. So we know we're going to see the, the flu. We know we're going to see RSV in children. Um, actually, one of my partner's son's 
uh, he's, he's a year old, just got admitted in, in, in Boston a Children's Hospital for RSV. So we, we know these things are, are going to come about. So I, I think it's important to get vaccinated for, you know, for influenza this year simply to protect your spell, yourself, especially when you're in an immunocompromised state like, like you are, John, like, you, like you've said. You know, it, it's protecting yourself in every way possible. It doesn't mean you're not going to get it, but you're going to be less likely to get acutely ill, need that hospitalization, and potentially die from this. Let's let's talk uh, you know, briefly about what's specifically going on at uh, at at Mercy, with with a sixty five percent of Massachusetts population being fully vaccinated. And you're hearing these stories about how you know emergency rooms are being completely overloaded. And uh, hospitals have a hard time keeping up with the demand of care. Are you finding that to be the case at uh, at Mercy? Absolutely. And it's not only here, it's it's all of the local hospitals around us as well. Um, other local hospitals having record daily volumes. You know, our our volume during COVID, you know, at times dropped down to 72 patients a day. We were averaging about 110 patients per day because people stayed home. And we actually, we didn't know where appendicitis went and where the heart attacks went and where the strokes went. I guess they, they all just stayed home. But <laughs> You know, so the patients we were seeing were were COVID patients, the the walking wounded COVID and the really sick COVID. You know, but then as our volume started coming back up, now we're seeing COVID patients. We're seeing, you know, the the medical illnesses. We're and and we're also dealing with a, with a, a incredible fatigue amongst our own staff. You know, and this is not only locally, but this is nationwide that people are leaving healthcare. Nurses are nurses are leaving. We had we had a nurse this week, an unbelievably talented nurse who actually sang in our lobby last year, made it made a national news on CNN and Fox with with you know singing and, and, and you know when we were labeled as healthcare heroes at that point in time. And she gave her resignation last week because she she just can't do it anymore and she's scared about taking things home to her family. And wouldn't you know two weeks before she she is leaving, she tests positive mm. for COVID. Jeez. For the first time in eighteen months, she tests positive and has to cancel her bridal shower. But her own mindset is like, I have to cancel my bridal shower, but there are people much more worse than off than I am. But, you know, we're losing unbelievably talented people in this field, and not just locally, but nationwide, because it's become it's become so difficult to, to care for the, the volume of patients and the acuity of patients that we're seeing. We're seeing a much higher volume and a much higher acuity of, of patients and also dealing with the regular volume that we had, you know, previously. That's now that's now come back to us. I remember, um, I remember watching the news like last month, and I didn't have the sound on, and uh, all of a sudden it said uh, Mercy Hospital, Springfield. And uh, when I turned the news on, I, when I turned on the sound, I realized, did you know there's a Mercy Hospital in Springfield, Missouri? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Mercies around. Yeah, but I mean, in yeah. another in another Springfield. I thought oh, that another was another Springfield. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was weird. So when, yeah, I didn't know that. When you talk about the uh, you know having enough staff, I saw a story the other day that said Rhode Island uh, has changed the legislation a little bit so that retired medical workers can go back in and work mm-hmm. without affecting their pensions. Um, and, and I know that probably our, you know, my niece just graduated from nursing school and, and I know she's already, they're trying to rush people in and I don't necessarily mean they're not qualified, but they, they don't have the experience yet, but you really do need all hands on deck, right? 
Yeah, absolutely do. And actually, they've they've just changed, I believe, uh, this week. You know, some of the licensing criteria to kind of fast track licenses for, you know, like travel nurses that can come in. You know, we have, and and honestly, this is something that we've looked into. You know, from from hiring physicians to get uh, to get a physician hired. You know, for example, if I want to bring someone in from an outside state to get a Massachusetts license, for me to get a, a physician onboarded at the hospital takes nearly a year. For for a physician to get a Massachusetts license and get and get them on board, you know, I had a physician that wanted to come to Mercy, and I had to tell him, look, it's going to be probably next June before you can start working. You know, so even I, when I'm going out and recruiting new, new physicians to bring in, I'm I'm at this point really isolated simply to Massachusetts because I need someone that already has a Massachusetts license that I can get up and running. So there's so, so many different variables that come into play when you're trying to bring you know, people into your system. Meanwhile, and I was I had an appointment with my physician a week ago that I had to reschedule and the next possible date was in February. Correct. Yeah. Uh, is right. that is that yeah. due to a when you know when you talk about people not going to the doctors now because of the fear of catching something, uh, if I have to wait six months for a rescheduled physical, is that because there aren't enough physicians or are there in fact too many people going to the doctors? I think we have uh, we we've had a shortage of physicians and a shortage of uh, of nurses, you know, especially in Massachusetts. But really, from a primary care standpoint, you know, from a from a physician standpoint, for for a long period of time, it's been very difficult to recruit people, you know, to this area. So now, compound, you know, a pandemic on top of that, and the fact that for a year, you know, everything was being done through Zoom and. Um, no one was being seen, and now you have a bunch of providers that are really trying to catch up on their patient population. You know, it you can only see so many people during a day, and um, you know it, it, it's pushing these appointments out, you know, far, farther out for people. So it's and then what happens is that patients come to the emergency department, and no fault of them, but they patients need their blood pressure medication refilled. They need to get they need to get some of these routine routine things checked. So we become a primary care standpoint, you know, as well. In addition to taking care of that additional volume, um, you know, it it, it 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 just adds to the complexity of the overall uh, problem. You know, two times during this pandemic, I've uh, I've had to get tested because I, I yeah. came down with something. It was you know it, whether it was just a cold or or allergies. It's like you know you have these symptoms and you can't be sure that it is Correct. or it isn't, and you can't just assume oh, I must not have it. I'm sure it's just a I'm sure it's just a sore throat. But you know, there are a lot of people that are you know experiencing those symptoms and not getting tested. And as a result, they may or may not even realize that they've been exposed. The importance of getting tested, you know, you don't hear many people talking about that as much now as you did, say, you know, six or seven months ago. But the reality is it's just as important to get tested even if you have the most obscure possibility of of, of contracting a symptom. It's it, To me, it's like a crucial piece that we are starting to overlook now. Yeah, absolutely. Because especially amongst the vaccinated population, you know, you most of those people are getting mild symptoms, but they can still spread it. So you can spread that to people that are unvaccinated, that are immunocompromised, that to children under 12 that are are not vaccinated, you know. And we're seeing pediatric intensive care units across the country that are full. 
they're full of sick children, which is different from the first time around. You know that you know that 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 population seemed to be spared, um, and uh, I think there's multiple reasons why it was spared. I think I think this is a one that's a different variant, but also, you know, we we weren't doing sports, we weren't you know school wasn't in in play, um, so I, th- I think there's multiple reasons for that. But but you those mild symptoms could you know you know, cause the death of someone else. So it's it's just as important to get tested now. I don't know. I think I've I've swabbed been swabbed probably a good twenty five times, you know, because, you know, I could have something that, that, you know, I need to stay home and, and can't be around people that I'm working with. You know, and you know, we have healthcare providers that are testing positive now, um, that are in full PPE, that are util, you know, utilizing PPE but but are still getting this too. And that and that's again, that's not just local, that's a nationwide issue. Dr. Mark Kenton from uh, Mercy Medical Center, we really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you very much. Thank you. And listen, guys, just a quick shout-out to all the teachers that are going back today as well because, you know, they have a huge responsibility not only educating our students but also keeping them safe. And that's, it's just I think that's something that goes overlooked. So I want to say thank you to them as well. All right, doctor. Thank you. Now see the uh, see the receptionist on your way out. <laughs> <laughs> For the bill. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's eight twenty four with Bax and O'Brien, a Rock one hundred two. Are your home, your business too? Quadroinsurance dot com is for you. Well, the service is, is is great because best shot. It's eight twenty seven with Bax and O'Brien, a Rock one hundred two. Um, so you know, I I've heard. Uh, for most of my life, people, when they're speaking and they're and they're trying to make a, a, a very strong point, you might hear them say, uh, and that's the way I told them it was going to be, period. And, and they, they say the word period as though, you know, uh, that way they really meant it or, you know, it's the end of their sentence. But they never say, like, exclamation point or they, question mark or they, umlaut. They don't do that. But why have they started recently, it seems, to now say period, full stop? Have you heard that? I have not heard that. Somebody just did it on TV a little while ago, and it reminded me of a—I've of, heard it quite a bit in the last, say, two, two three years. Period, full stop. I I don't think I've ever heard that before. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. They're saying it. Yeah, see, I mean, to me, once you complete the sentence, the punctuation is usually understood based well, upon the inflection of your tone. Not if, uh, not if you didn't. Uh, you know, that's funny because I was actually reading uh, a column in the paper a couple of weeks ago from a linguist who was, uh, first of all, very, very cunning. cunning. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, cunning. Right. And uh, he. Um, he was talking about the pattern, the speech pattern that some people have where every sentence, the declarative sentences end with, a, with, a, with an uptick that make it sound like a question, like as if I were sitting here, right? Not even adding the word right. It, it's just, it's the way some people speak so that the end of the sentence sounds like it's a question. You know... I, I did an interview a while back, about a year ago, with a guy who did that with every sentence. So it's like every, every time he's everything he said, like, so I spent the weekend here in Minnesota. Yeah, like there was right, some, like right. they, like are you are you asking me if you were in Minnesota or are you telling me you were in Minnesota? Yeah. It's just that you were not completely confident that's where you were. And and something about this link, I can't remember the point the linguist made about this, but. You know, he. I, I think part of the point was that 
you, we have a tendency, I think, to listen to people talk that way and think down about them. And and I do. I mean, I'm like, could you change the end of your sentences, for God's sake? Yeah, except, you know, but there are many people I know who do that that are actually very, very bright people. Yeah. And it well, just it's just it's just the inflection of their speech pattern. It's not it's not indicative of their intelligence. It's just they don't they don't hear it in themselves. Mm-hmm. That's just the way they speak. But yet for those of us who don't necessarily speak that way, it seems I can I can agree with you. It does seem like they might not be all that sharp. But that that that's not the case. And for those of us who speak for a living, where you try not to have those crutches, uh, it, it, it to me, almost the first thing I discover about most people is their is their speech uh, ticks. But everyone's got them. Oh, I know. I've got them. You've got them. Yep. Steve does. I mean, it just it, there's there's no way to really get around it. But I point them out to other people. Really? Oh yeah. Do people point them out to you? No, not so much. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Do you realize how often in a day you say daily basis? Do you realize how often you say you know? Quite a lot. Mm-hmm. I realize that. Uh, do you know how many times you say it on a daily basis? You know, I don't even really pay attention to that. Well, then maybe you should. See, full stop. Per- period. Full stop. I wouldn't be screaming into a microphone that you've been sitting on. Just been waiting. fixed. Just, just been fixed. <laughs> It's 831. News is next to Rock 102. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts for a new super... It's 833 with Max and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Aquatique Pools and Spas. Save now on all carbon above-ground pools and Haywood salt chlorine generators. 730 Union Street in West Springfield. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. With the United States military evacuation of Afghanistan complete and some immigrant advocacy groups calling on the state to make money available to support refugees, Governor Charlie Baker said Monday he has spoken to the federal government about being, quote, as helpful as we can be when we need to be. Baker also offered his condolences to the family of Marine Sergeant Johnny Rosario Pichardo, one of the U.S. military members killed in last week's attack at the airport in Kabul. Baker talked to the whole federal government? What do you mean? You said Baker talked to the federal government. He has spoken to the federal government. Right. Spoken, talked, it's the same thing. Oh, it's only one guy. One guy? That's one guy that they talked to that they, you know. Then they should say a government official. Well. Not the whole government. The uh, 25-year-old Rosario was among the 13 service members and 169 Afghans killed when a suicide bomber detonated explosives outside uh, the Karzi International Airport, where the United States has been evacuating citizens and allies as the 20-year war comes to an end. Rosario was a native of Lawrence and served with the Naval Amphibious Force Task Force 50 uh, Marine Expeditionary Brigade. I'm not sure how to say it. Um, Since her identity was confirmed over the weekend, condolences from state leaders have been pouring in. They showed uh, another one that they had just another one of the victim, another one of the female. There were two female victims among those that were killed by the bomber, and the other one they had just done a story on her, like the day or two days before the national news did, of her um, uh, holding a baby, uh, an Afghan baby, and uh, you know it was just one of those things where. Usually, unfortunately, except for the to the loved ones, these people are anonymous. Uh, 
you don't usually hear about them on a national basis, and and that's what happened to this female soldier. It was it was sad, but I mean, especially um, what the hell is the word I'm looking for? It was just it was one of these things where it really hit. When you hear about soldiers dying in battles and wars, you know, honestly, if you don't know them personally, how many people really take a moment to think about that? They, yeah. they don't. And, and usually when you hear uh, 13 were killed. Right. It, it, they're just the way the media reports them is they're just numbers. Mm-hmm. But every one of them has a story. Yeah. Every one of them has a family. Uh, yeah. Uh, that yeah. Uh, people that are grieving that loss. On uh, September 1st, Eversource will owe the city of Springfield exactly $44,119,299.00. We have them with throwing a kegger? Hell yeah! A real ripper! That's according to Springfield City Councilor Mike Fenton. He added that the interest on the debt as of Monday amounts to $9,480 daily. Eversource. Daily? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Eversource regularly goes up on its rates, and when they do, they expect that the the city and our constituents will pay in full, or they take actions to collect, Fenson uh, told Mass Live. Well, why don't we do that? Why doesn't the city of Springfield just stop paying their electric bill? Uh, And I expect that whatever their future rates are, which have been growing exponentially over the course of the last few years, that they would never tolerate the city or any of our constituents failing to pay for 10 weeks, never mind 10 years. That's what we should do. That's what the city should do. That's how you get them back. You get, you know, they'll they'll take us to to court or turn it over to a, a credit a credit counselors, a credit agency. We do the same thing. We're not paying our electric bill anymore. Yeah, but you know how that goes. I mean, it all sounds like you're making a you're making a real stance, but what winds up happening is then then they wind up they turn off the electricity. No, that's then the for, city. Then the city's in the dark for months. That's for people. That's for uh, for individual citizens. Uh, when a whole city says. Hey, you owe us this much money, so we're not paying our electric bill. <laughs> How do you like that? Yeah, I don't know. I think they could do it. I yeah. think they would do it. The disagreement of estimates by the city on Eversource's property tax owed has made Springfield City Councilors Tim Allen and Fenton call on their colleagues to support them in making the public aware and to, quote, rectify the situation. The matter was discussed during a city council meeting on Monday. The council members expressed they were stunned by the information that was being presented to them by Allen and Fenton. Uh, Councilor uh, Victor DeVilla said, I am shocked, shocked, I tell you, by this information. To be honest with you, I'm personally insulted. Yeah. I mean, I was reading it last week, and and you were kind of right, Steve, about that whole uh, property tax Mm -hmm. thing of it being about you know, not not do we just tax them for the property that they that the building sits on, but they're taxed for all the equipment that they have. Well, yeah. Uh, when we were talking about that last week, I didn't know what that meant—the personal property thing. Mm-hmm. And that very day, I go to my uh, my gym, mm-hmm. my workout, yep. and the guy from the East Long Meadow personal property tax guy is there get, at the gym. Get the hell out of, out of here! Yeah, and I said, "All right, explain to me what personal property is." And he was a very nice guy, and he mm-hmm. said, "Well, you know, you know, in this case, in this place, it's it's those machines over there, it's these uh, these weights and things like mm-hmm. that. Like it's it's all stuff that you get." Uh, a tax line in it and i said well what do you think that means for eversource and he goes probably the trucks and the wires and you know all that stuff that goes along with uh with the utility company i never knew about that i never ever knew about that boy i never that knew part about of my that. ignorance yeah 
So imagine, imagine then if the electric company all of a sudden said to us, we're not just going to tax you now for the electricity that you're using. We're going to tax you for every electrical appliance that you have in your house that uses our electricity. Well, they think they already do that, don't they? <laughs> That's what it feels like anyway. That's crazy. It is. Uh, wow. The taxes are owed for the power lines, generators, and meters that are across the city. Yeah. You think about that. The meter on the side of your house doesn't belong to you. Nope. That meter belongs to them. It belongs yep. to them. Which and- is, I found that out a couple of weeks ago when I sold mine. You sold your meter? <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to make some extra cash. Uh, I, I found hey, this, uh, you want to buy a meter? Yeah. It only costs $12. $12. I, al- I also found this Eversource truck just sitting there yeah. with all this stuff in yeah. it. Yeah, I took that too. Well, we uh, we we need to you know, sell things on eBay to exactly. make money. That's like um, when they bring those wires to like the metal places. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I don't get with the junkyards, with the metal recyclers. Like when somebody shows up with a giant roll of electrical wire, yeah, and he doesn't look anything closely resembling an electrical worker. <laughs> at what point does the guy go? I don't think I should be taking this. Uh, probably at the point where he abandons his morals. I guess so. Some Massachusetts lawmakers want more oversight of the State Department of Correction amid concerns about allegations of violence against prisoners at the state's maximum security prison. Democratic uh, Senator Jamie Eldridge, who uh, co-chairs the legislature's Judiciary Committee, said that some lawmakers are growing frustrated at the lack of transparency in the state prison system. Meanwhile, former Massachusetts U.S. Attorney Andrew Lelling said he believes a federal investigation into, into complaints of abusive inmates at the Sousa Baranowski Correctional Center is warranted. The problem with the prison setting is you're dealing with a population that's vulnerable because there's very little visibility as to what happens there, said Lelling, who recently left the Justice Department for a private practice. Prisoners and advocates have alleged that inmates were mistreated and retaliated after a January 2020 fight at the Max Security Prison in which three correction officers were hurt. Several lawsuits have been filed, and the DOC has denied allegations of the abuse. Well, I mean, uh, if you get put in prison, you can reasonably expect a fight or two to break out. Well, but you don't, uh, you don't expect abuse from the uh, correctional staff. What about those uh, those guys who got all those ramen noodles in their uh, commissary accounts? You know, the, remember we were talking about the yeah, the, yeah the right. vaccinated about they get the they get the ramen noodle. Maybe that's what the fight was over. It could be a noodle-based fight, sure, certainly. But uh, again, if it's uh, you're talking about inter-inmate squabbles, uh, this story is about staff uh, abuse of inmates. It's all too confusing for me. It's it shouldn't be. Uh, if you're running from the police, try not to switch to increasingly low, uh, slow methods of transportation. To uh, dodos in canada robbed a bar on friday and took off together on a motorcycle but they had to ditch it after they crashed into a cop car that was chasing them one of them got arrested nearby but the other one took off on foot and he decided his best chance was to swim to freedom he jumped in a small lake and tried to swim to the other side to get away but it turned out he isn't a very strong swimmer and couldn't swim very fast and couldn't outswim the police boats two cops hopped in a pedal boat they found and started chasing him across the lake (laughs) Another officer jumped in a canoe, and a fourth cop uh, found a paddleboard to use. Damn. Can you imagine that? 
That is the slowest police chase ever. Be like a like a slow speed chase and a bunch of rascals. You ever see the uh, that the video the Canadian police chase where it's like winter time and the guy is uh, slipping on the ice as the police car is behind him, <laughs> and then the cop gets out to help the guy push it onto the roadway, and, <laughs> and then they get back in and they start chasing each other. That's kind of how what this is. By the time they got to him, he was struggling to keep his head up and close to drowning, so they tossed him a life vest, pulled him out, and took him to jail. No word on what they're charging him with yet. Uh, I, I just can't see two two cops jumped on a pedal what? Paddle boat. Paddle boat? One or no, a pedal boat for yeah. the two cops. A pedal a boat for bo- two cops. A paddle board for the other cops. Yeah, I'm more concerned with the pedal one. So these two cops are both on the same this is the this is the kind of thing like you would get with your girlfriend or your wife to <laughs> pedal across a pond sure. when you're falling in love. Right. Yeah. Let's see if you I hold see. hands, have a picnic basket behind you. Yeah. Hey, I'm just sending you the picture now. You'll get that in a second. Uh, but it's basically like they're just having a relaxing day in the uh, in the pond. Yeah, in full uniform. Yeah, did you get it yet? Uh, I did now. Yeah. <laughs> you, you both should have gotten. It. <laughs> oh, okay. Now that's not what I was envisioning, but it still looks pretty stupid. Oh yeah, no, that's not not, not well. Yeah, it, it kind of is, but yeah. it's like uh, it's not. It's not uh, it's not romantic. No, no. I'm gonna get you. Oh yeah? Watch me try to swim away. Well, I can <laughs> lap you in this pedal boat. <laughs> it's like, it's like the, the like the floating swans at Storyland. It's like you could they would they would beat you in those things. That's what I'm thinking of. Sometimes some kind of thing where yeah, you, the the two people sit next to each other and the pedals are basically parallel to each other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, sunny with a high of 83. Tomorrow, a flash flood watch will be in effect uh, from tomorrow afternoon into Thursday as the remnants of Hurricane Ida hit the area. Going to be uh, rainy with a high of 71. It is 69, giggity, in downtown Springfield on Steve Nagel. And that's the news on... Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 850. And Tesla on Rock 102. <laughs> now a remake of a of an old song is classic rock. Uh, yeah, well, there's a lot of classic rock songs that are cover songs. So, Like, name five. I don't have time because Kathleen Madigan is on the phone. She's going to be at, uh, at Foxwoods on September 10th and a couple of shows at the Wilbur Theater on <laughs> September 11th. And she's on the phone this right now. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you? Boy, I saved you from having to answer that, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you know what? It's like, <laughs> I, I didn't expect there to be a quiz. <laughs> and then when he, if he gave me five, I was going to say, now name four more. That <laughs> <laughs> was perfect timing. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. I got somebody on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're you're back uh, on stage, you're doing comedy again after, how, how long were you off? Was it like the full 18 months away from performing? Or how- yeah, not... Not long enough. I was saying to my little comedian friend, Ron, I go, well, he said it. He's like, it's just amazing how I've slid right into this retirement mode in less than 38 hours. I said, me too. <laughs> Turns out the shows are the thing getting in the way of my fun when I'm traveling. Um, like the whole time, but then I started going back down to the clubs like in May to get ready to go. So 
Yeah, it was weird, but um, you know, I learned how to uh, gamble on my phone. So when people say, "Did you do something productive?" Yes, I know how to run DraftKings. <laughs> so I feel like I got something done. Um, you know, it was weird, but I didn't really want to go in the clubs as much as I'm like, let the younger people go as the sacrificial lines. Right. I'm not going down there. So <laughs> I, I was waiting until either we're doing it or we're not that, that in between, I get the people that did it cause they have to, they needed the money, like just to pay rent and stuff. But I had enough money saved. Apparently I had more money saved up than Delta and American airlines. <laughs> like two weeks, two weeks into the whole COVID thing. They were like, Oh my God, we're broke. Send us money. I'm like, I know drunk comedians that are going to make it a, at least a month. <laughs> And Delta can't. But you know, it seems like it was so. It was so crazy hitting the panic button. <laughs> I've like, gone. I've gone places. Then I wonder how. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was. I just wonder if you don't ever have any money saved up. How, how good is are these airlines really to begin with? I mean, <laughs> it was just a panic situation before they had PPP money or anything. And then they all got extra money, and I'm like, so we just need to scream louder? Like, well, I, 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 we don't have any. Like, seriously, I have drunk friends that made it six months, and they're drunk. I've seen a lot well, of bands you know, uh, playing at clubs now, and and they they seem like they had this real pent up need to play. And I I understand what you're saying. Your first and foremost concern is about your safety and your health. But does that performer performer in you, uh, is that person dying to get back out there on stage again? No, no. That person could totally retire tomorrow <laughs> if the bank account said so. Like, and I feel like my friend Ron White feels that way. But then there's other people that they just really enjoy that more than anything in the world. Like, I like being a comedian. But I also like traveling. I like going out on the boat. Like, I can name a thousand things I like just as much. And I've been doing it 32 years. That's cool, right? Like, can I be done yet? Not yet. Well, I, mean, I, mean, I do have fun, but I don't have the drive. I'm more like a union comedian. I clock in, I clock out, we're done. Now what are we doing? Well, you know, it's it's funny. There's, like, so many comics doing, like, shows in parking lots and, you know, driving oh, theaters. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's a part of me that, that, that feels not only bad for someone who's got to do comedy in a parking lot, but feels bad for someone who... Needs to laugh so bad they're willing to sit amongst the cars and the and the uh, the trash receptacles in order to to enjoy a night out using their horns for applause. <laughs> yeah, that's why they said like uh, some bigger name people were doing them, and they called and said, "Do you want to go <clears throat> try and do this?" I'm like, I did not work 32 years starting in crappy clubs to to now go to a parking lot where I'm being honked at like I'm bothering people. <laughs> I said, no. You just have to accept the situation. I'm not saying the broke comics. I get it. Mm -hmm. But there are names I will not say that have tons of money, and they're out there doing. And then I think, how much do you hate your wife? (laughs) (laughs) My agent told me, she goes, there's a lot of guys that just don't seem to be comfortable at home Mm -hmm. this long. And I think they're so used to being gone that then the rhythm of it gets all thrown off and... Yeah, I just didn't feel the need for any of that. That's what I. That's what I, I say. Like we every, were really stretching. Every you time, know, like, you, there's got to be a way. Every time you see a story on TV about somebody who retires from a great job and says they want to spend more time with their family, 
you got to think to yourself, have you checked with them? I mean, (laughs) is that what they want? Well, and are you sure you know them? <laughs> I mean, you think they're fine, you know, but you haven't spent in-depth time with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have friends who've gotten divorced during all this, and I think it's because they finally had to spend an inordinate amount of time. And I think they're like, well, you're pretty cool, like, you know, 20 hours a week. Yeah. But, like, 500? That's not working for me. Yeah, I, I didn't get involved in this relationship to spend time with you. <laughs> right. We're supposed to be working as a unit here, paying bills, sending children off to college, blah, blah, blah. Because one of my friends, I felt really bad for him, his wife left him in the height of COVID. And I said, Oh my God, like she didn't even have anyone to pick from and she found someone to leave you for. <laughs> like, that's really got a sting. <laughs> like, you can't even go on a date and you're leaving. <laughs> you couldn't even go meet somebody. We, we it had was, a. Uh, it definitely made whatever you had exaggerated, that's for sure. It reminds me of the conversation we had with Mike Scully, the, the executive producer of The Simpsons, and John had just. You know, broke it up with his girlfriend, and, and and Scully said, so in the middle of a pandemic, she chose loneliness. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. She's leaving a perfectly good house to live in a one-bedroom apartment. What? She's leaving the pets. She's leaving the pets. I mean, what was really going on? And, like, I think my friend's a really nice guy, but maybe he's crazy. I don't know. You know, you never know. He could be a job at home. He seems nice at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is Kathleen Madigan on the phone. So on your website, and I noticed uh, your uh, the, the Madigan's Pubcast. So you've been uh, you've been podcasting through all of this. Yeah, I always said I would never do that because there, there's too many of them. Um, but there's literally nothing left to do, and I'm like, you know, I don't feel the need to perform, but I have to like kind of stay in touch. Are you just going to fall? You know, it's going to be too hard to get the momentum back. Right. This is like a work thought. So <clears throat> it took me, I'd say, a good week to understand the equipment on my YouTube videos with the children, as right. I call them, like Michael Jackson. The children <laughs> taught me how. Um, but once you figure it out, it's like a radio board, but way tinier. And, you know, it's been fun. I don't know. People seem to like it. Like, it has all kinds of people are listening, and it's just nonsense. It's just the news that usually I call Lewis Black with, and he says, Kathleen, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> and I go, oh, okay, I'm sorry. He, I'm not interested in the woolly mammoth they found in Michigan. <laughs> well, I am, Lou, and you're going to hear about it. So it's just like weird, stupid stories that I just find and then talk about. That's what we've been doing for 26 years, four hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I always think of you guys so seriously, and then I think of like the talk radio people, mm-hmm. the ones that you say that he's dead, but the Rush Limbaugh types where they're doing four hours every. I know they have help, mm. but just getting my act together for one hour a week, <laughs> I'm like, this is a lot of reading. I don't know if I'm up for all this. And then I think the radio people do this every day, Kathleen. <laughs> exactly. Get with it. Learn doing, how to work again a, for a living. An hour a week as opposed to 20, 20 hours a week is uh, it's a lot of time to fill. Yeah. It's a lot, yeah. And then the older you get, you're really out of thoughts. You're like, no, I already told that story. No, <laughs> done with that. I've I'll, said I'll, everything I had to say, apparently. I'll tell I'll tell it again. Maybe there's some youngsters who haven't heard it the first time around. <laughs> or if you're lucky, you forgot you told it. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> exactly. So, uh, she, Kathleen, so, Kathleen is going to be at Foxwoods on September 10th and two shows at the Wilbur Theater in Boston on September 11th. Always great to, uh, to talk to you, Kathleen. If you get a chance to go see her, Kathleen, uh, on stage, always worth it, always hilarious. Good to talk to you, Kathleen. All right, guys, take care. We'll see you after the next pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> it's 9 o'clock with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102.